Doula Dispensary, the podcast prescribing a weekly dose of all things doula. The dilemmas discussed are made-up scenarios and any resemblance to actual persons or events are purely coincidental. Please welcome your hosts, Siobhan and myself, Kiki. Hello everyone and hello Siobhan. Hello Kiki, how are you today? Not bad, thank you. Good. And we are recording <gasps> episode 10! We're, we're in double digits. We are. We it's have 10 episodes. We're getting more and more grown up, hopefully. I know. That's double exciting. digit doulas. I know. So, what, how, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fine. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty run of the mill, usual stuff. Working with clients and... Yeah, being nice. a doula. Being a doula. Yeah. What about you? Well, I went to Liverpool. So the week started off okay. I had a lovely course in Liverpool with yeah. a lovely group of women there. Mm-hmm. And then I came home and unfortunately lost my little doggy on Sunday. Oh, no. So it didn't end very well the week. No. So that's tough. You know. Lose. That is sad. Well, it's just strange. You know, a pet is so much part of your family massive part of your family and you really do notice them when they're not around exactly because they're there all the time yeah so that's the sad news this week but and it is it's very sad how old was izzy she was 10 yeah so that's a long time isn't it to have had her as part of your family yeah listening to her little pitter patter (laughs) that's it i mean i missed it today when i turned up and she didn't come running to greet me yeah it's all those little things that you oh like even put in the blender on she used to come running down like oh is that noise and now it's like oh she's no one running no it's so sad and i know so everyone that's lost a pet i don't want to go on about it because i don't want to make you all feel sad but Mm. yeah there's things it's life isn't it do do you know what i did feel when on Sunday when the vets came around so they came around the house and it's great they came to the house I know and and Izzy was obviously really really unwell but it felt like I know it sounds really bizarre but similar to birth when someone's dying yeah I know it was my dog dying so you know but it's that it's kind of a bit frustrating because this time I wasn't the doula I was the person supporting like the partner if if you think about birth yes yeah so I, it was frustrating because i was like why is it taking so long why can't they get here quicker like because you were emotionally exactly invested. And why, so yes. i can see that why are we not why are they not doing anything you know my, my wife's in pain and i felt like my dog's in pain why are they not getting here quicker yeah and then it's just that the the time where you just wait and you can't do anything that no. helplessness yeah. of like I can't I can't do anything all can't I can do is it. no exactly mm. so it was that that kind of went through my head bizarrely and then obviously I had my two two girls and my husband there and of course we were all really upset so it's kind of manage holding the space a bit for them too so it, yeah. it was hard but I can I really like to look into more of of death dueling and mm. you know how they help people because it is really tough yeah. I, I mean it is obviously even tougher when it's when it's a human that you're supporting I would imagine I haven't been through that myself but the whole concept is similar in a way and I think you feel feel similar mm. in, in a sense when you're at a death and when you're at a birth in even the one is a very sad event one is a very happy event they yeah. cross over somehow yeah definitely it's that support isn't yeah. it exactly the support is is the same 
So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll leave that there. <laughs> okay. Hope we haven't left everyone feeling down. Yeah. We'll, we'll try and make the rest of the show a bit exactly. more cheery for so, you. So, yeah, let's crack on with the show then. Right, so now it's time for... Do you love dilemmas? <laughs> I don't know why we sing that. No, but we kind of like Can't that. Can't help it, yeah. really. Yeah, you can sing along if you want. Yeah. Out in the <laughs> garden or walking the... Dog. Oh no! I've just done it. Sorry. Okay, let's do this dilemma. Right. Let's let's see what this week's dilemma is. Okay. So a doula is working postnatally with a client who has expressed her wishes to exclusively breastfeed. She's finding it challenging and talks through the issues. The doula is offering different solutions to the various challenges. However, the client is constantly coming up with reasons to why that might not work without at least trying it first. Hmm. Mm, Interesting. (laughs) Dilemma. It is indeed. Have you been in that situation ever? Many times. Yes. Many, many times. Yeah. It's so frustrating because obviously we want to encourage and support breastfeeding but at the same time we don't want to be forcing women to breastfeed it's like no so because that's often what happens when you are talking a lot about breastfeeding and how good it is for the baby and for the mom and the world and everything some people feel that you are making them breastfeed yeah, I don't think anybody is forcing anybody to breastfeed no I however the um uh, it can be interpreted that way, mm-hmm. uh, and and some people will out outwardly reflect that they felt they f- they feel like they're being forced to do something. Yes, um, the thing is with breastfeeding, the whole feeding subject it mm. is it's very it is very one sided because it's evidence yes. that breast milk is far superior mm-hmm. to formula. Yeah, and you can't deny. No. The science behind it. So it, it is biased one way. Yeah. Um, but that's just fact. Yeah, and it but it but I find it's such an emotive subject. It's very, very much so. I often yeah. think about that being, you know, your breasts are very near your heart chakra, so they're very connected to your emotional centre. You know, you feel really like and there's so many things that people say like you bond better with your baby when you breastfeed, which actually I don't think it's absolutely correct. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I, because it's yeah. different. I would say you'd bond differently. You, of course you bond with your baby when you are a formula feeding. Absolutely. Yeah, of course you do. But it's it's the way that it's, um, it's being put. The difference is that physiologically you actually are, you look different. When you breastfeed, you actually look different in inside your body. You have different hormones going around. Yeah. You have... Um, you know, prolactin, of course you have oxytocin, but it's it's just a different relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that make women feel defensive if they weren't able to breastfeed or chose not to breastfeed. But let's go back to the dilemma, maybe, unless you have something you no, want to add. No, no, I, I just think it's really important that women own their decisions, yes. wh- whichever way that might be, whether that's to breastfeed or formula feed. Yeah. It's, it's important that they own those decisions. Yes. Um. And not look at reasons, external reasons as to why that couldn't happen. Yeah, um, but I, I, I often feel that women aren't making an informed choice. 
mm. about how they feed their baby. I really don't think they have all the facts. Yeah. And therefore, they're not really making an informed choice. So when they then learn things about it, mm. they then feel bad. So then they can't yeah. own their choice because yeah, they felt actually yeah, the true. choice I made wasn't a choice based on information. Mm. I should have been told this. Yes. Why did no one help me more? Well, this is, I think this is what it comes down yeah. to is the fact that there is just not enough support there isn't. out there. There isn't. We, we tell women be- breastfeeding is what you should do, it's what's normal. But there's no support exactly. to put that in place. So no. Exactly. I mean, you know... A busy postnatal ward, you know, those midwives are absolutely rushed off their Uh feet. Um, And, you know, I know myself from working as a volunteer on the postnatal wards um, doing uh, peer support for breastfeeding. I could spend upwards of an hour to two Mm -hmm. hours with just one woman. Midwives do not have that time to do that. They, you know, they're looking after 14 odd women plus babies. Yes. They just don't have the time to to sit with the women. So the support is just not there. In the community, all the, you know, all the breastfeeding um, cafes, you know, they're all volunteers now. You know, they're... All, all of that support has been taken away yeah. through cuts. I agree. The, the only way we could change anything, I think, about breastfeeding in, in the UK, coming from Sweden, when the breastfeeding rates are really high, you know, mm. 99% a week. Why is that, do you think? Well, I think it's... it's what, what happened was that when I was born in 1971, I was breastfed for maybe four weeks, and then yeah. I was formula fed. Mm-hmm. My sister was born the year after, same thing. Mm-hmm. Then the Swedish government actually thought, do you know what, this is not good for our country, that less and less women are breastfeeding. So basically, the Department of Health thought, long term, this is going to cost the country a lot of money. So we need to change this. What mm-hmm. do we need? What can we do to make more women breastfeed? So they changed maternity leave. Mm-hmm. So we have 18 months paid maternity leave at 80% of the wages. It's amazing. Yeah, we have also what happened. So that was from a governmental level. They decided we need to change things. Mm-hmm. So they introduced. There was um, sculptures of breastfeeding women. There were everyone was trained in doing the breastfeeding support. And then gradually, my brother was born in 1977, and when he was born, he was exclusively breastfed. Wow. For yeah, well, for nine, ten months, my mum breastfed him. So I think that that's one thing. The other thing is the boobies thing. In Sweden, nudity and breasts aren't associated with sex. Right. So, like you know, you know, we sit in saunas. You know, in in England, sitting in a sauna, just women naked, you'd never see. No. Because it's like. No, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. While in Sweden, that's that's how you go in a sauna. Actually, a Swedish person would think it's quite disgusting to sit in a sauna with your swimming costume on because you're not letting all the, um, you know, the... You're not letting it all breathe. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Let it all breathe. Oh. I know. It's so funny. So, so you see, that's another thing. You're, you're, that, that is the overall. Yeah. So it's not that you actually consciously walk around thinking, oh, I can see breasts, there's sex, but it's something a bit... Not like I don't know, not dirty. That's not the word I want to use. But it's something about uncomfortable mm. about nudity. Yeah, and, and I think that's the. I think that's another reason. Yeah, yeah. But, well, that's it. I mean, we need to definitely make more strides towards normalising breastfeeding. Exactly. I mean, you know, we just recently we just had that Adidas campaign, yes. didn't we? Yeah. Was Where, it was it one? 
uh, Aldi or, or someone Aldi that had, the, had a breastfeeding uh, on their advert. Yeah. They had a woman breastfeeding. Yeah. Uh, there was another, I can't remember what the other one was, where somebody was breastfeeding. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. The more, you know, the more it's there, the, no- the more normal that exactly. will become. Same with dolls, when dolls are sold. Yeah. With the bottles. bottles. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's instilling that yeah. into children from a very very young age but i think what what everyone needs to understand like that this woman with her dilemma Mm. or the doula with the dilemma of trying to support someone that says they want to breastfeed and then then, keeps coming up with reasons why that won't work exactly how what do you do in the end well i i do get this a lot where they you're offering suggestions of of possible solutions and things they can try and they'll say yeah but yeah but yeah yeah but yeah um so in the end i have to sort of just say to them all you know what is your long-term goal yeah what what is it you want to do yeah sometimes i do feel like people are looking to me to give them permission to stop breastfeeding which i I absolutely will not do because it's not for me to make that decision exactly um so it's quite it's a bit of a strange conversation to have yeah I sometimes say, look, if you are not sure about this now, just do one more day and see how it goes and Mm. see what you feel like tomorrow. If you're not 100% sure whether you want to quit or whether you want to continue, yeah, just give it one more day. Often, though, it'll be the case, I don't know if you find this, that you off you go and you don't see them for a week. And then when you come back for your next postnatal, there are formula feeding. Yeah. 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 I mean, I used to find it sometimes working on the wards, you know, you'd spend oh, yeah. a lot of time with, with the women and, you know, help them and give them some suggestions about what to do in those early first few hours, days. Yeah. And then you'd go off and write up some notes and you'd yeah. come back in to check on them and <laughs> there was a formula sitting yeah. on the side. The midwife had popped in and just yeah. given them some formula and you think, oh my God, yeah. like, what was that all about? Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's a decision that, that women need to own that decision. Yes, I agree. And what we do need to do is have a lot better education, though, from in schools about breastfeeding, about childbirth, about menopause, about mm. all those things that actually will happen to most people later on in life, well, half of the population mm. anyway. But also, I think, antenatal classes. Yes. Um, you know, it's all very well sitting in class holding a rock-solid plastic doll <laughs> yeah that um, doesn't put their hands in their mouth it doesn't you know it's yeah. not covered in slime yeah you know <laughs> you know when they're first born yeah. they're quite they're quite slippery those yeah. little babies um <laughs> that can be a massive shock to people yeah you know that yeah. I, yeah, it's nothing like that knitted boob and that plastic no, doll exactly. that i had in the class no. which gave me a lot of confidence yeah. that this was going to be fine yeah and um, it, there needs to be more work i think in classes talking about the, the difficulties that many people do yeah. face. And I also think that they must absolutely 100% have the partners at the breastfeeding session. What is that all about? I, but why would you not have the husband or the partner there? Because they're the ones that are very pragmatic usually, will look at the solution, they will take on board all that information about latch and positioning, and they can actually remember that in the middle of the night when their wife or, or, or partner exactly. is breaking down saying, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, she has a whole cocktail of hormones yeah. raging. She's going to forget what yeah. she's learned, whereas the partner will remember, it, I really don't 
don't understand. No, no. But again, it goes back to, oh, we're going to talk about boobies. Yeah. Ooh, can't too have, embarrassing. Can't I don't think men can handle yeah, that. Yeah, but It's very odd. I've I know. always found that strange. Exactly. They, they should definitely have women in, though, breastfeeding on a breastfeeding session. Yeah. So, like, look, let's have a look at a breast and a baby and see how they both fit together. Yeah. And are we going to be embarrassed about it? And if someone is embarrassed, yeah. what is it that's making exactly. them embarrassed and talk about yeah. that? Yeah, because this is it's normal. They they are actually there mainly. Number one reason breasts are there are for feeding babies. That is that is what they're for. <laughs> Absolutely, they can be used for other things, but <laughs> really, such as Kiki. Give us an insight no. into your private life. <laughs> Okay, I think... <laughs> let's not go no, there. let's not, you know. So, yeah, I think going back to the dilemma... Um, yeah. It, it, but that's it. It's got, it's got to be the, the yeah. woman that makes the ultimate decision. Yeah. Um, and and it's having a lot of patience, isn't it, as a doula to... Oh, yeah. ...sit there with that yeah. and, and in the end, like you say, you will say, what is your long-term long term goals? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what yeah, you know, even doesn't even have to be a long-term. No. Where do you see yourself in a week's time? Yeah. What is it you want to be achieving? Yeah. Is that exclusively breastfeeding? Okay, yeah. if it is, right, let's sit down, yes. let's crack this out. Yeah. If you know, not... If not, then that's, you know, that's a decision you need to yeah. make yourself. And you've done very well to get this far. Yeah. And if you now don't want to do this anymore, it's up to you. Because women should never, ever feel forced into doing things. No, not at all. Hmm. Not at all. But it's important as well to find out where your local drop-in centres are, what days they're on. All of these things should really be done in antenatal classes yes. as well give them the information yeah because you know when you leave hospital you get that stupid brown envelope yeah full of like Leaflet, a thousand yeah. leaflets yeah. no who reads through all yeah, that exactly crap? it's just a waste of trees yeah it is so you know if you're if you're running at local antenatal classes then give the women the information yeah. where the local groups are what days they're running literally something they can stick on their fridge yeah or, or put put these numbers in your phone right now yeah. Something like that, yeah. because you're never going to have time to look through a whole pile of, of, papers, of paper no. to see or what, what was that. Um, and that's it. Yeah. I think we'll we'll leave we'll that leave week's, week's dilemma there. Right, now it's time for... Question, question time. time! So let's have a listen to this week's question. So here's my question. As a postnatal doula, how important is it to hear the mother's birth story? If she's clearly struggling with how it went, feels she didn't have control over the decisions made and how the baby was born, how can a doula support the mother to look at the present, be with her baby and not keep going over what coulda, shoulda happened? Does the doula pick apart the birth with the mother and reassure her or try to steer conversations forward? What have you found is most helpful? Thank you. Right, okay, so there was the question from Annabelle. Yes. Who has the most amazing voice. I know. I should have her as a voiceover on some of... Uh, She's very, I don't know very well-spoken. Yes, love that. And a very good question. Brilliant question. We kind of turned this whole episode into postnatal doula stuff. Yeah, which, which is great. Like, it's still relatable to birth doulas because obviously we do that postnatal visit. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. So the question was... Birth, birth stories. What, what do you think? I think definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, I suppose if you've been their birth doula, mm-hmm. then they will talk about it Yeah, on that visit. Mm-hmm. If you are the postnatal doula that hasn't attended the birth, yes. they potentially want to share it with you, don't they? They, they want do. to, um, what is it? Uh, get it off their get, chest? Just get it out there. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I think it's very much part of the postnatal doula's role. Yeah. If you are coming in as just a postnatal doula, one of the first things you would ask is, oh, how did the birth go? Or what What was the birth like? Mm, you know, how, that is... How are you feeling? Exactly. I, mean, I think the most important thing... Um, Annabelle is to remember that you don't need to have any answers yes exactly that it's it, you are literally a sounding board yeah. for them you you don't need to have solutions and answers no. for them um, you just need to listen yeah and be present sometimes it can help to know about birth physiology which I know you know about to help use that information maybe in explaining a birth sometimes you know for example, if she found it was really uh, not a very positive experience and she felt she wasn't listened to and things were happening to her, understanding that the environment wasn't right for her to birth her baby can sometimes help, I think, because mm. often we women feel that it was their fault, that the body was failing, there was something wrong, mm. That when actually most of the time it's the environment that's wrong and that's what's making it so difficult for that physiological process to happen so that can sometimes help but you're right you I think we can worry about that as doulas that we we have to find like what, what do we do what do we do if they had a really bad birth mm. and then they look at us like what what, what went wrong or what should I do differently very mm. often I don't think they will ask that but they will just want to talk they just want to talk mm. and and get it out there it's yeah it's I mean, you know, I know there's a lot of things around now, isn't there? There's lots of um, different things that people are, are learning. So there's... Um, oh, the rewind. Do you mean this that's rewind right. technique? That's it. I was trying to think the name yeah. of it. There's the rewind technique. There's... Um, is it EFT? Yeah, emotional freedom technique when yeah. you do tapping. Yeah, yeah. so there's, there's lots of these sort of one and two day courses yes. that people can go on. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long EFT courses are, but um, neither do I. What you know, there are these kind of workshop things, that complementary you can go therapies with, you, to yeah. go along and, and learn these things. Mm. Um, but you just need to be a little bit careful, I think. I think with, you have to. That. You know, we often see this with doulas that you being a doula is not enough. Yeah, you know, you, you have to have other strings exactly, to your bow, which yeah. is which is which is fair enough if you want to have all these other strings. Or other things you do. But actually being a doula is actually enough. It's plenty. Yeah, because the, you make a difference. You're turning up, you're listening. You, you you might pick the whole birth apart with her by asking her questions. Oh, and what happened next? And how or, do you feel exactly. about that? And how did that make you feel? Or how do you feel about that? Yeah. Or looking back now, what would you have wished had happened? Or looking back now, what could people have done differently? What do you... Th so you can really dissect it. Even... Sometimes I'll ask a question as in, so uh, what needs to happen or is there anything you think needs to happen for you to be able to accept what happened? So yeah. that might be she needs to like write a letter that she never sends, mm. you know, a, a letter to someone that was at the birth that she was disappointed with or just write a whole birth story down. And then I always find fire is quite a cleansing. <laughs> I'm not saying burn the hospital down. <laughs> Go but, and become an arsonist. Like, no, but like uh, burn the letter, burn the burn the story, like mm. let it go up in smoke. I don't know. There's something uh, nice about that. Or just posting it to someone you trust. 
like send this or give it to the doula. You, you need to just give it away though somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's really important as doulas that we recognise when somebody might need some additional exactly, support. Exactly, absolutely. From somebody who specialises yeah. in, in treatments yeah. to help them. So, uh, you know, quite often birth trauma, mm-hmm. it's that the birth is actually a trigger yes. of a trauma that has mm-hmm. happened prior in their lives absolutely it's it's not usually the birth that causes the trauma Mm -hmm. it's it the birth is the trigger yeah um and it might be for something that they don't even know they've got exactly so i think you just need to be careful as doulas about opening up a pandora's box yeah i think i think if you're comfortable talking to someone and always asking the questions do you think it would be helpful to see someone, a specialist, mm. about this? Yeah. I can help you find, you know, exactly. the signposting yeah. we do. I can help you find someone that specialises in birth trauma therapy because they are those therapists, like yeah, psychiatrists. And EMDR and, as well, EMDR, this great CBT sometimes CBT can is help. Well, you've got two types, haven't you? You've got kind of two camps. You've got counselling, yeah. which is more of a, a self-reflective type of treatment Mm -hmm. it gets you to look at the reasons why Mm -hmm. and why things have happened yeah or you've got coping strategies such as cbt emdr Mm -hmm. those types of things that help you cope with yes perhaps the anxiety that you're experiencing but i think i think it's a brilliant question and i think our answer is that yes you do listen to listen to it's listening yeah that's the thing i think yeah. that's probably where you're you, maybe you're a bit worried about yeah. um annabelle is about the when they tell you something yeah what what do you reply to that you don't have to have an answer for no. them you just need to listen to them yeah um and and also uh you don't you were saying there, like how do you make them look forward or stay in the press and enjoy mm. their baby actually you can't <laughs> If yeah. they if they're not ready to do that, you have to just it's walking the journey with them. If they're yeah. in that ditch or in that space where they can't at the moment, it's yes, recognizing and asking them. Maybe you need some more professional help, or are you happy to talk to me about this? Or and then eventually, you know, when you're a postnatal doula, the first few weeks with a client are kind of up and down. You will definitely turn up one day and they'll be upstairs in their bed crying their eyes out because yeah. it's all so hard. But on that journey, you know, once you get to six, seven or eight weeks with, with your client, you'll see a difference. That's what I found mm. if it's just part of what's a normal process of becoming a mother. Yeah. If if it goes on maybe for longer or it's not getting any better, you're not seeing her you know, managing a bit better from day to day, then Mm. then maybe it is best to look at help, getting her some more help. Yeah, what help is out there Mm. for her. But yeah, always listen to to their stories Mm -hmm. because people do want to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hope that helps. Yeah, we'll leave it there. So now it's time for this week's... Doula Dose. One day we'll get this Yeah, right. we will. But we haven't really decided on the kind of jingle for the doula do's. No, we haven't. Dose of doula. As you can hear. Yes. <laughs> Just practising that. Yeah. This is why we need Annabelle's voice. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. Annabelle's voice yeah. would be beautiful yes, on this, wouldn't so. it? Yeah. Annabelle, you need to send us in a recording of you saying the doula dose. Yes. Your weekly dose of doula. Yes, please. We will... We will be requesting that. Yeah. So anyway, the, right. So this week's dose of doula, yeah. doula dose is 
advocacy. Exactly, because that's something we hear all the time in the world of doula, mm-hmm. advocating for us. Yes. A doula advocates for her client. What does that mean to you, Siobhan? Well, what does it mean to you, oh, Kiki? Damn, I wanted to get in there first. I was very good to go over that conversation while the plane's flying overhead. Um, I, I don't think advocacy means talking for your clients. No, I don't think it's for... No, exactly. Like, advocacy is not me saying, uh, this is what my client wants to the healthcare professionals. I actually think that's very disempowering. You know, Mm. if if you're taking over from your clients, you want them to speak up for themselves. Absolutely. However, I do see my role of advocacy is in helping my clients get the information they need from the healthcare professionals around them at the time of the birth or even postnatally. You know, if I'm there with, when a health visitor or midwife comes around the house or if they're going somewhere um, to have support or help with something. So that could be you saying something like, um, so do you you understand what's being suggested? Mm -hmm. Would you like a bit more information on that? Exactly. That's the kind of thing you mean by advocacy. I also mean that I might actually speak up for the woman by saying to her, ow, that looks really uncomfortable. Are you okay? Right. If a medical person is doing something for her. So I'm looking at her face. She wants to say something Mm -hmm. but can't speak up. Yeah. And I'm saying to her, asking her a question. Now, just by asking that question, obviously I'm alerting the medical person's attention to, oh, Maybe she's a bit uncomfortable when I'm trying to do the blood pressure or what an examination, whatever's happening. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I do. Yeah. Good. So, because I, I don't think we should be talking on behalf of our clients. Ever. No, it, I think it's really important to empower our clients to, to be able to do that for mm-hmm. themselves. Because I think that's all part of the... Um, of making up that story at the end of they felt empowered, they yeah. felt part of the decision making. Yes. Whereas if you're doing it all for them, it's it's really no better than, no. than if you if if they didn't have a doula with them. No. It's it's kinda like it's all happening on behalf of them. Yeah. And they're not being included. Exactly. Um but yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. It's if something's being explained to them or said, you know, this is what we need to do now, mm. saying to your client, do, do you understand that? Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Would you like a bit more information? Yeah. yeah. Um, do, do you want to know what your choices are? Mm-hmm. Do you want to know if there's any alternatives? Yeah. Just prompting them, really. Exactly. To ask the questions. Yeah. And clarifying sometimes. Yes. Uh, with the clients, but also with healthcare professionals, sometimes they speak like, it's like they're not speaking on the same wavelength with with my clients yeah so you yeah. know so that so they are misunderstanding misunderstanding each other i've had that before oh yeah where they're completely on different yes exactly. they're having a conversation yes. but actually they're both coming at it from different exactly angles. and they actually are agreeing on it but it sounds like they're not yeah they're both thinking that you can't yes. hear me and and then you can sometimes just say i think what she's trying to say is uh, is that correct and I, yeah uh, so we can that's Getting the some clarity, yeah, yeah. Like an interpreter sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Completely. So I that's my that's yeah, that's our Yeah, I try I try to always make that um clear as well in um interviews when I go for an mm-hmm. interview. Sometimes I do have people saying, Oh, and you will talk for us, yes. won't you? Yeah. And I say no. Yeah. I won't talk for you. However, yeah. I will exactly prompt you to ask the, the questions you need to ask to, to make an informed decision, but it must be your decision. I think that's really important to do right from the start. Yeah. Because that's 
again, like last week's episode about setting boundaries. Yeah. So showing them that this is what I do. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you're clear on that. Would you say there's any at any time when you would actually step in? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I have done that um, when I felt Really? I'm surprised. <laughs> well, yeah, if I feel that something is... If, if I felt that they were in immediate danger or yeah. that somebody was not listening to to them, mm-hmm. I would, step, I would, and I have yeah. done it. So an example would be? Uh, a vaginal examination. Okay, and the woman is saying stop. The woman stop. had said stop yeah. three times. Yeah. And they still carried on. Yeah. So I put my hand in his face All and right. said she does not consent. So you literally put your hand yeah. up in his face. Yeah. And um, how did he react to that, the obstetrician? <laughs> it was shock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the shock was more that... It was more the shock of the realisation of okay. what he was doing. Yes. Rather than the shock of me putting a stop with yeah. my hand right up to his face yeah. and saying she does... It was the words, she does not consent, yes. I think, suddenly. Yeah. He realised what he was... Do- I mean, the midwife was mortified. Yeah. I think she, she was just completely shocked that yeah. he wasn't listening. Yeah, to the woman. And I think she was trying to process how to yeah. how to stop this mm-hmm. somehow. Um, but I just thought on the third request to stop... Yeah. And he wasn't. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just did it. Well, yeah, but I, in my view, that's assault. What he's doing yeah. at that point, which is yeah, yeah, terrible, and I yeah, absolutely. And then what my, about you? Have you ever had to do anything like that? Well, I nearly. Speak up? I was very close to one in one situation. I have I have spoken up uh, in one birth where the the obstetrician was very keen to use forceps, and we didn't want to do that mm-hmm. uh, because the midwife had come up, and we were gonna you know, try some syntocin on. And at that point, he was saying about how bad it was for your pelvic floor to push for a long time, which she hadn't been anyway because her contractions had gone. Right. And I said, I just said to him, I, you know, I think you'll find that, I'm sure I read somewhere that forceps do the same to your pelvic floor. It wasn't really speaking up for her, I guess, but they had all said everything they could. Mm. And at that point, he walked out, actually. It was quite funny. Uh, and she had the baby in the end. Another time, the midwife... <gasps> actually, Shock horror, she gave birth? Yeah, she did. Wow, who'd I have thought? Another situation, actually, the midwife pulled uh, a female obstetrician's hand away from a woman who was asking her to stop the examination. And I think I was just... It was literally seconds. You know, things are happening. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, my God, Who's what's gonna going do on? Something? Yeah. yeah. And I, I was, she did... She was closer to her as well. So she pulled her So she hand. did yeah. pull, pull her away from my client, but that was pretty scary. I think that was very similar to the situation. Yeah. I think the midwife that I was... Was waiting. She was literally... I think she was about to... Mm. I, I, I could see, almost see in her face, she was processing. Yeah. This Is this really happening? Yeah. Yeah, and I think she was about to. Yeah, this do is something. what we were doing. I was mm. doing that too. I was like, it, "What's going on here?" Yeah. Because it's seconds. It's not actually a minute. You just stand there. Yeah, you don't sort of. You can't. You just. You just think it. Is this really you? happening? Yeah. So I think she just reacted, yeah. and I was about to about yeah. to do something. Yeah. So uh, I can't really think about any other. But that's. I don't think that's. Yeah, I guess that is advocacy in a way, but it's yeah. more of but like... thank God that's the, those situations are... Very rare. Very rare, thank exactly. God. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, like you say, use their language. Like consent yeah. is a good word to use. Yeah. Well, I think we'll leave the dose of doula there for yeah. this week. 
Okay, so now it's time for sweet and sour. Sour and sweet. <laughs> what am I doing? I don't know. Okay, uh, so this week then, what's uh, what's been going on this week? So shall we start with the sweet yes, or the sour? Let's start with the sweet, I think. The sweet, yeah. yeah. So this week's sweet is the law in Northern Ireland has changed, hasn't yes, it? Yes, that was, that was last week. I think that was last, last week, week wasn't it? But, but we, we, yeah, we'll talk about it Since we've recorded. Yes, exactly. So, um, Yes, so the, the law has changed in Northern Ireland, which now means that women have the right to choose an abortion. Yeah, but which is great. But are there any abortion clinics in Northern Ireland? Well, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> However, the, the good news is that they're in, they have right over the reproductive health yes. now in yeah. Northern Ireland. Whether obviously, it's a very controversial absolutely. topic. You know, obviously, you have you know that religion comes into yes. it which is a, a real triggering i know thing to talk about yeah. especially in northern ireland yeah um which you know i can talk about on good authority yes my yeah. my mum and dad are both from belfast yeah um so yes i mean any sort of religion is it can be quite triggering for yeah. some people not for yeah. all um but I think it's really important that women have the right to choose. Absolutely. You know, this is not to say everyone's going to be rushing out and having unprotected sex no. and using abortion as some kind of contraception. No, of course I, I don't not. believe that's going to happen in a heartbeat. No. Um, but it's so important that women have the right mm -hmm. to choose. I mean, it, you know, The Handmaid's Tale, look look yeah. at that program. Yeah, I mean, scary. in America, look at what's happening yeah. in America in some states yeah. where abortion has been outlawed. Yes. Where women who have been raped and potentially yeah. become pregnant through that rape yeah. could face a longer jail sentence than the person that's raped them. Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, it's seriously? Crazy. That in this crazy. day and age, yeah. in a so-called developed country yeah. such as America, that Forward-thinking, progressive. It's yeah. scary shit. It's very scary. Yeah. Absolutely. So... So yes, yeah, so it's um, not that we're saying for a minute that abortion is a, you know, it's a, it, it, we're not saying it's a really great thing. No. No, but I don't think anybody would go into that. No. You know, it's not something you choose to do lightly. It's, it's, it's a decision you have to live with for the rest of your yeah. life, whatever you choose. Because Absolutely. if you have the baby, you have a child. If you Whichever choose, way you yeah. choose. So it's very hard and it's not... Like, yeah, Northern Ireland now have the choice. But like you say, for religious reasons, it's going to be a very, very, very hard choice for many, many women to make because of what the They're consequences yeah. of their their faith is. Yeah. Like if you and do, their upbringing. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not an easy thing. But just thing. to know that you have that choice yeah. is so important. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's what we're celebrating, really. That we're celebrating that women have that right to yeah. choose now. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the... What's the sour this week, oh, then? Oh, you're looking at me. <laughs> well, the sour this week is something that came up after a, uh, an article that was published in The Doula, which is a Doula UK magazine, uh, where there was an article about um, closing the bones mm -hmm. using traditional... I'm not sure if that... It's Mexican shawls, isn't it? The rebozos. The rebozos. But I'm not sure if the actual closing the bones comes from Mexico. It's from South America. Anyway, yeah, yeah, and there was an article there saying basically that we should maybe not be doing these things unless we are uh, from a linear or heritage of that those cultures, right? So there was a lot of talk about is it called cultural appropriation, where you you kind of take another culture's uh, traditional. Mm -hmm. 
stuff and then make money out of it because you're you know you're teaching it or you're selling it somehow right and i think it caused quite a stir uh, in the doula community Mm -hmm. in in terms of you know what can we do and what can't we do yeah i suppose i mean i i haven't um I haven't done the course, the Closing the Bones course. No. I did a Rebozo course, a work, well, I say a course, it was a workshop a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a little demonstration at the end of, of Closing the Bones. But it was very basic because there was no, no nothing about massage or anything, which okay. I believe is part of, of the whole uh-huh. ceremony. I don't really know either. but um, So, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of coming at it from the outside looking mm-hmm. in, really. And I, I was a bit confused. I'm not sure if the article is saying that... Um, you shouldn't teach this to other people mm-hmm. to then for them to then go out or are they or was it saying that you shouldn't do this on your clients i wasn't sure which yeah, it I, was yeah i am not sure either that's the mm. the confusion is like are you if you are taught by a um a, a woman that has grown up in this so say this is her heritage this is her culture yeah her yeah. culture she mm-hmm. teaches you how to do it yeah are you then okay to go out and like tr- offer this treatment to other women, to your even clients. though you're, yeah, yeah. To your, even though you are not from, from the, the heritage? From, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I, from what I understand, that's okay. That's yeah, that's what I was. But wondering. what's not okay is to teach in 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 the in the articles view to teach this if you're not. So uh, I think there's a lot more to it. It's a very confusing thing, but it brings up the whole. I mean, what what I'll put it in the sour section is because we, it's so kind of typical that these kind of things happen in in an environment full of women sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a shame because I think we're actually really bad at being leaders as women. Mm. We're not, because we're not used to being leaders. So we're not very good at this. And we're not very good at supporting other women when when we see them as leaders or becoming leaders. Yeah. So that's one thing. But the other thing is, where does it stop? Like, cultural appropriation, yes, I totally get that. Yeah. But uh, you can look at uh, a doula. A doula was a Greek... It's a Greek word. Yeah. It was a female slave in the Greek mm-hmm. household. You know... Do we have to be Greek yeah, to be doulas then? Exactly. Mm. Or you can... With yoga, you know, yoga is... Indian, Asian, it's mm-hmm. not like like where does it all stop? Like if you're doing something with a good intention, that you're doing it. So so that I don't believe for a minute the women that were teaching, uh, closing the bones or offering this service are doing. They're coming from a good place. Oh, completely. Exactly. I mean, surely if it's benefiting women and it helping women, is that, yes. is that not everybody's goal? Yeah. No, but that's the thing. It's like it's the same thing in lots of different other groups. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you do. You get this in 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 many other types. Yeah. Of, you know, in the breastfeeding world, there's yeah. a hierarchy of yes, knowing where you sit in your training, whether yeah. you're a counsellor or a peer supporter or a lactation consultant. Um, yes, of course, there's, there's, they are varying um, uh, extents of knowledge. But, yeah. But at the end of the day you're all just trying to support women and exactly. surely that's that's what matters isn't it yeah because we we did have that didn't we as well where doulas weren't welcome to train as uh, breastfeeding counselors yeah because 
because they potentially got paid for being a postnatal doula yes. and you can't possibly be paid for being a breastfeeding counsellor while you're doing your training, I mm. believe. So again, like we all want to support women, but it's kind of this, yeah, like you say, actually that was a good um, comparison with the breastfeeding world because this, like if you're teaching Rebozo, so yeah. you have the IBCLC of Rebozo world, which is maybe the person that is from the... From Mexico, yeah. using the Mexican mm-hmm. uh, shawls, who's teaching that to the breastfeeding counsellor. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Who is the, who is then... the next level down, who yeah. might not be Mexican, yeah. who then goes out and trains your peer supporters, who would be the peer supporters of uh, using the, the using it. Yeah. Right. They yeah. would use it in their in their trade as doing yeah. or whatever they do so yeah i don't really know it's just a shame that um i guess it's it's come to this it is really sad actually mm. to to um yeah to, to see it a lot of upset people in the doula world yeah it's, um, it's a real shame who don't feel heard and and it's yeah it's a challenging situation but hopefully there will be a way forward oh i'm sure there'll be another situation will come up soon to take over um and this will be as they say yesterday's chip paper or tomorrow's chip paper isn't it isn't that what they say yeah yeah fish and chips paper isn't it yeah, yeah. it's the newspaper yeah, used to exactly wrap up. yeah so it'd be tomorrow's what is it tomorrow's chip paper? yeah i don't know i'm not english yeah i'm, sh- I'm sure not. there'll be another situation yeah. come up where people have put themselves in yeah um to, to replace this but it is it's, it's sad yeah it is very sad so and, and actually we would be interested to hear we'd love from to you. hear from yeah. you i mean your thoughts on, on absolutely this, because this. neither of us are really a hundred percent clear on, on is it is there a is there a problem is is the issue uh doing this with your clients is yeah. that the issue if you've done a workshop um can you do this with your yeah. clients or is the issue that some people are training in this technique and then going out and training others yeah. is that i can't work no. out which I, one it is I, it, might, it might be both so as you know we've got our facebook group yeah uh the or facebook page the doula dispensary so um if anybody's got any any insight into this then yeah. please pop, pop along onto that page and and you know open up a discussion yeah absolutely we would love to hear from you about this yeah and we'll leave the discussions to continue another week yeah so we've come to the end of the show yes another week done can you believe it and actually this week we have actually been here this week yes it is is this week (laughs) we're not pre-recording ahead of time which is nice so what, what are you doing next week this week coming up well this week coming up is a busy week for me oh wow i have got uh so my mum and my son are they're both born on halloween Okay, and it's your birthday, and it's mine as well. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yes, and we've got three birthdays this week. Oh wow! So Halloween, two birthday parties. Two birthdays on Halloween. My and son's going to be eighteen. Oh wow! Yeah, my mum's going to be seventy-eight. So yeah, he was born on her sixtieth birthday. Oh, how lovely! Uh, and then yeah, two days later, it's mine. Yeah, and you will be twenty-one. 21. Yay! <laughs> That's wonderful. I know. So yeah, busy, busy week with the family and friends. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how many people 
are taking me out for food. I think, okay, they're all, they're all associating me with food. Okay, but can I take you out for a drink? Yes. But when Let's go for yeah. drinks. I don't do food. What about you? What are you up to? So this week I am... I have actually signed up for a couple of courses online Ooh. that I'm doing in my spare time. Uh, I am just doing the normal admins and stuff. But what I must mention is that we have the very famous Catherine Stagg we coming do. on Sunday to the yes. to our headquarters here at Birth Bliss Academy because we're doing a Facebook Live. Yeah. So Catherine Stagg is an IBCLC, mm-hmm. twin or multiple... A specialist in breastfeeding, multiple yeah, she births. Has twins herself. That's it. And also, she's an holistic sleep, sleep coach. Yeah. Yes. So, do tune in on Sunday. You can find the Birth Bliss Academy Facebook page on Facebook, of course. And we do a live there. So, you'll get to see us from our headquarters. Me and Siobhan and Catherine will be here. And you can ask any questions live online about breastfeeding or infant sleep and you can also send the questions in or you can send them ahead of time exactly if you want to. and then we will put them to so that. that's 8 p.m gmt time for yes. our american listeners yeah london time um, and that's on sunday the yeah. 3rd of november that's it and we will uh, so that's the big thing i'm going to prepare for that and try to do some social media stuff around that yeah um and then that's so that's it. us for another week that's so it all that's left to say is See you next Thursday! Listeners should always do their own due diligence on any information perceived from these discussions to form their own opinions and best judgments. In preparing this podcast, we have endeavoured to offer current, correct and clearly expressed information aimed at our audience. However, we make no claims that the information will be accurate, complete or current at all times, and we accept no liability for any reliance placed by any person on this information. We make no representations or warranties of any kind about the suitability, reliability, timeliness and accuracy of the information contained herein. Do 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 do